You are listening to another shear from the Amr Week program brought to you by the St. Louis Kaila. Hello, everybody. Uh, it's very exciting to be uh, to continue to be a part of the Amr Week program. Uh, it gives me a lot of chizuk that we started in new second, and uh, there's just a lot of new people that are learning with it, and just giving me a lot of chizuk. So uh, let's let's keep it up and let's keep going. So here we are today. We're on base on the base, and we start way up on the top at Kulhu. And uh, just as a little review, uh, we had three opinions, Minihan and Hanimili, on where did the Tamakama know what the maximum size of a sukkah is. And we had a three-way machlokis between Rabba, Rabbi Zera, and, and Rava, onto, and they all gave Pesukim as to exactly where um, they know uh, that the Torah tells us uh, this maximum size. So here we go, we start Kulu Karabalo Amri. We say that both Rava and Rabbi Zera, don't hold like Rabbah. They don't hold by the drush of the Pusik that Rabbah gave. And that hahu, and it, it, the Gemara continues, hahu yadil he. Because the Pusik says yadil he. So where Rabbah was getting halachic implication from that to say that no, the walls can't be more than 20 amas high because the eyes won't, won't basically won't, won't be able to uh, see the schach uh, with anything higher than 20 amas. Uh, this Pasuk is brought, and according to both Rabbi Zera and Rabba, it's only trying to teach us and only trying to tell us that we should know that our generation sat in sukkahs. It doesn't imply, like Rabba tells us, that it also tells us that the walls of the sukkah can't be higher than 20 amas. <clears throat> so that's the first one. Now we go to Rabbi Zera, Namilo Amri. Now we're going to go to Reb Zeyra and we're going to say that also Rab and Rava don't hold like his Pasuk. Don't hold by the trash of his Pasuk. Which is as follows. Because according to both Rava and Rabba, the Pasuk from Yecheskel that Reb Zeyra gives us a proof about why a sukkah can't be higher than 20 Amas is only telling us about the days of Mashiach and it's not trying to teach us a halachic implication that there must be shade coming from the schach. Uh, and anything over the 20 almost wouldn't provide such a shade. Now, response to Rabbi Zayr would come back and say, Im Kain, if this is so, Lema Krava Yoimam. The Pasik tells us that, so and let me just continue and I'll finish. Umai Sukkotiel Sukkotiel Yoimam. So, why does the Pasik have to say, Vesukkotiel Etzel Yoimam? It should just say, Vachopa. Meaning, if it really did want to just teach us that in the days of Mashiach we're going to be covered by this, by this, uh, by this, this canopy, then just use the normal term chopa. Why does it go out of its way? Why does the pasuk go out of its way to teach us v'suka According to Rabbi Zera, because it's coming to teach us two things. Not only is it coming to teach us the fact that yes, in the days of Mashiach we will have a, this this beautiful canopy that will be protecting us, but it's also coming to teach us according to Rabbi Zera this halachic implication uh, of the shade that needs to be coming from the schach. Now the, the Gemara continues. Now we go to the third, the third opinion of Rava, and we say both Rava and Rabbi Zera don't hold like him, and don't hold by the drush of his pasuk. Now the reason is the Gemara continues, Mishum Kushia as we learned uh, on base Amit Aleph. Uh, Abaye gives a kasha on Rava. Rava's statement is basically that anything over twenty amas is keva, and a sukkah must be uh, must be a rai. It must be temporary. So, anything under 20 amas, according to Rava, is temporary. 
But Abaya had a bam kasha and said, well, what if you made a 15 amasukkah made out of barzo, made of something that's not temporary? What are we going to do with that? Is that considered puzzle or is that considered kasher? And according to Abaya's uh, reasoning, he would say that would be considered uh, a puzzle a sukkah because it would be considered kavua, be considered a non-temporary structure. And it sounds like, according to the Gemara, both Rabbah and Rabbi Zera also hold like a baye, and they would say that such a sukkah, uh, that such a sukkah should also be puzzle. And that's why both Rabbah and Rabbi Zera don't hold like him. Now the Gemara shifts gears and goes to a, a, a new, uh, kind of goes into a new direction, uh, and it, it, it goes and says, Kaman Uzla. Like whom does this following mimer go like? Is it going to go like Rabbah, Rabbi Zera, or, or Rabbah? And they're going to be, then they're all going to be uh, mimers of Rav, and just in three different Rebbeim's names. Ha, we start off with Ha the Amar Rabbi Yeshaya, Amar Rav. Right? This is first goes in the name of Yeshaya, his, and it goes as follows. Machloikis, the Machloikis of our mission between the Talakama and Rabbi Yehuda, Bishain the Fanois Megiyas Leschach. It's only a time when the walls don't reach the Schach. Aval the Fanos Megiyas Leschach, the Filamala. But if those walls do reach the top of the schach, then even the Tanakhama will agree that a sukkah over 20 amas is going to be kosher. Now, according to this mimer by Rabbi Yeshuvah Amar Rav, the Gemara asks the question, Kama'an, who is this like? And the Gemara responds, Kerabah. This is like Rabbah. The Amar that he says, Mishum Shalta Ba'inoi. Because he's he's the one who says on on Beis Amanalav to to review that the reason that the the Iker between the Tanakama and Rabbi Yehuda is a time uh, it, it, it's due the the, the my time is due to the fact that a person's eyes won't really be able to follow um, the the wall up to the schach if it's higher than twenty amas. So we see here as well that the reason why, according to this mimer, uh, 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 that there's machloek that exists between the Tanakhama and Rabbi Huda, is due to the fact that the walls don't reach the schach. The Kaman the Thanos Megiyas the schach, Mishalot Shaltabel, Enoi. And we see that if the walls do indeed reach the schach, then there will be no problem for the eyes to be able to follow it along and see that we're actually sitting in the sukkah. And in that case, as long as the walls reach the schach, there would be no machlokes between Tanakama and Rabbi Yehuda. So now the Gemara asks, "Come on, so who is this mimer like?" And I, I kind of gave it away already, but it, this this opinion. So, uh, and I'm sorry. So we already we already explained that that this is like Rabba, <clears throat> and uh, and now it sounds like uh, we have a clear proof. Uh, that that Rabbah's pasuk is where we derive the information about uh, when we have a kasher or pasuschach according to the Rabbanan, according to the Tanakhama, that anything over the 20 amas is going to be pasul. Now, but now the Gemara gives us another command azla, command azla. So there's another mimer of Rav that we're going to see in a different Rabbanan's name uh, that's going to make things a little more complicated. So we say, Kaman Azla, Ha, the Amar of Huna Amar Rav, in the name of Huna, in the name of Rav, Machloikis, the Machloikis in our Mishnah uh, between the Tanakhama and Rabbi Huda is as follows. It's only a case where the Sukkah is four by four, four by four Amas. 
אבל יש בה יוצר מארבע אמוס על ארבע אמוס אפילו למעלה מעשרים אמה כשרה. However, if it's more than 4 by 4 אמוס, even the Tanakhama would agree uh, that, that a 25 אמוס סוכה would be כשר. So now we ask the Gemara, ask the question again, come on, so who does this sound like? Who does this mimer stem most well with, uh, according to either Rabba, Rabbi Zera, or Rava? And the Gemara responds, Ki Rabbi Zera, this is most, this stems most well with Rabbi Zera, the Amar Mishun Tselhu, because he discusses uh, shade, and, and how much shade is, is, is uh, how much shade is appropriate to make a kosher sukkah. And we see that since there's enough space in anything that's over 4x4 Amasukkah, uh, that, that there is enough space created that the, that the sun, that the, the angle of the sun uh, will be trapped by the schach itself and not by the walls, we see that uh, this most shims well with Rebbe Zerah. That anything over that anything over four by four amos, everyone's going to agree that it's kosher, no matter how tall uh, the sukkah is. But the ikar machlokes between Tanakama and Rabbi Yehuda is when it's dafka four by four amos, and and again this goes best uh, this goes best according to Rabbi Zera. We're going to try this one more time. Come on, Azla. Gamar goes back and asks a third time. Come on, Azla. We have a third mimer in the name of Rab. This time, Had Amar Rav Chanan Bar Rab Amar Rab. This time, it's in the name of Rav Chanan Bar Rab. It's important that we know these uh, these uh, these these rabbis' names because we're going to be going back to these uh, to, to these discussions. And this this third mimer goes as follows: Machloikis v'sheinu machzakis elo k'dei roshu v'rov v'shachano. That the Iker Machlokes in our mission between the Tarakama and, and Rabbi Huda is a time when the Sukkah is Roshu Rov Shachano, when one's head, the majority of his body, and the Tabor in a Sukkah, which equates to seven by seven Tefachim, so it's much smaller than, than four by four Amos, and that's that's when uh, the Tanakhama would say that a Sukkah is possible, and that's when Rabbi Huda would say no, it's still kosher. Aval Machzakas Yosim Mechdei Roshu Rov Shachano. But in a time when we have more than seven by seven tefachim, then even the Tanakhama would agree that anything over seven by seven tefachim, according to this mimer, would still be okay and be considered kosher. So the third time, we have, it's a, it's it's beautiful that the Gemara gives us a nice pattern here, and the Gemara is going to ask again, come on, who does this most sound like? Who does this most shim well with? And you know, off the bat, uh, you know, after looking at this a few times. I would probably say Rebbe Zera because we're dealing with with area of a, of a sukkah, and in fact that four by four amos uh, worked well. Maybe I would say seven by seven tefachim would work well for Rebbe Zera as well, and therefore we have a even a better proof for Rebbe Zera. But that's not the way that the Gemara goes. In fact, the Gemara says instead, the lo that this goes like nobody, which actually means that somewhere in the middle between seven by seven tefachim and four by four amos. Rabbi Zera is going to say that the, the shade is no longer coming from the, from the sun. Uh, I'm sorry, the shade is no, no longer coming from the schach. And, and, and this mimer goes like nobody. And that, that creates a problem here. Uh, but, we're going to, but the Gemara is going to now go to a new point. And we're going to just stop at the Lokechad there and just going to say that no, this mimer of Rav, in the name of Rav Chanan Bar Rava, doesn't go like Rava doesn't go like Rabbi Zera, and doesn't go like Rava. So right now we have a proof so far, one Kaman Azla goes like Rava, 
One Kaman Azla goes like Rabbi Zera, and there's and Rava right now is is in the dark. He is he has no one going like him. Continues the Gemara. Bishlama, it's all well and good. The Rabbi Yeshaya pliga that Rabbi Yeshaya is arguing. Other Rav Huna for Rav Chana bar it's all well and good. That Rabbi Yeshaya is arguing on both Rav Huna and Rav Chana bar Rav, Rav Chana bar the inukai yehebe shiura kemashcho, because both Rav Huna and Rav Chanan Baraba they discuss the shear in terms of its width or in terms of its the space inside of the sukkah. The inu and and Rav Yeshaya lo kayahiv yeshura bemashcho. Rav Yeshaya who talks about the walls either reaching schach or not has nothing to do with the area of the sukkah. Um, so right now we're, the Gemara continues. It says, "Ella Rav Huna, Rav Chanan Bar So we understand, you know, we understand the difference between Rav Yishaya and Rav Huna and Rav Chanan Bar But continues the Gemara, "Ella Rav Huna, Rav Chanan Bar Raba, Neima Hekshir Sukkim Kimi Flugay." But rather with Rav Huna and Rav Chanan Bar you know, we, I would say that really what they're arguing on is Hekshir Sukkah. That they're actually uh, arguing on what are the confines, what are the dimensions of what makes a kasher sukkah. Continues the Gemara. The Mar Savar Hekshar Sukkah Bar Amois. One master says that a that a, a kasher sukkah starts at four before Amois. Mar Savar Hekshar Sukkah Machzekes Roshu Rav Mishachana. And one uh, master will say that no, a kasher sukkah starts at seven by seven tefachim. And that's really the machloikit, that's really the ikir machloikis between Rav Huna and Rav Chana Baraba. Gemara comes back and says, Loi, that's not true. The Kuli Alma Heksher Sukkah Rosh Hashanah. No, everyone's going to hold that a Kasher Sukkah, everyone holds that a Kasher Sukkah is 7 7 Tafahim. Bahaka, Bahaka, Miflagay, then really, what is the argument between Rav Huna and Rav Chana Baraba? It's as follows the Marsavar, Machzekas Rosh Hashanah Pligi. That really, in our Mishnah, according to one master, our Mishnah is discussing a case that of seven by seven tefachim, and that's where the Tanakhama and Rabbi Yehuda disagree. And according to this opinion, anything over seven by seven tefachim, both both the Tanakhama and Rabbi Yehuda would agree that even a twenty-five amasukah would be kosher. And now we go to the other side of Mar Savar and the other master, which is either Rav Huna or Rav Chana Bar Raba, that really the Mishnah is discussing a case where the Tanakhama and Rabbi Yehuda disagree on any sukkah between the sizes of 7 by 7 Tafakhim and 4 by 4 Amois. Aval, however, Yoyser however, both the Tanakhama and Rabbi Huda would agree that anything over four by four amas is going to be kosher. So we have one, just a clarification that last part, we have one side, either Rav Huna or Rav Chana Bar Raba, that would say that the Ikr Machlekes between the Tanakhama and Rabbi Huda would be in a case of seven by seven tefachim, anything, uh, a sukkah that's dafka seven by seven tefachim, that's what, that's what our mission is speaking about when we have the machlois in the Tanakhama and Rabbi Huda. Anything above that would be kosher. Or, according to the other opinion, is it that the, the, that the machlois between the Tanakhama and Rabbi Huda would be any sukkah between the dimensions of 7 by 7 Tzfachim and 4 by 4 Amois? That's where the machlois between the Tanakhama and Rabbi Huda 
stands. Anything above four by four amos, everyone's going to say kosher. Even the Tanakam would say kosher for a 25, uh, 25 amos sukkah. Now we get to uh, another new another new point here. Uh, the Gemara is going to ask Kasha Mesive. There's going to be a Mesive here on the, both Rav Huna and Rav Chana Bar Rabba telling us that, it might, that their opinion might not make as much sense according to what we're going to see next. That it's going to sound like uh, there's going to be a point made for Rabbi Yeshia uh, where where it sounds like Dafka his point. Uh, and his mimer of Rab is is what stims best for a Mishnah. Uh, and we see here Macy Bay. We're going to go through this, and it's going to actually continue us. Uh, whoever does the Yamad for next week, uh, you know that's where we'll get the Maskana for this for this Macy. This Macy Bay uh, continues for quite a while, but we'll start it tonight. Macy Bay. We see a Brisa that says as follows: Sukashit. Shehi Gavoyal Mala Esrim Ama Pasula. Tanakama says that a sukkah that's over 20 amas is possible, just like we have in our Mishnah. Rabbi Yehuda Machir, Rabbi Yehuda Machir's Ad Arbaim Chamashim Ama. We see that Rabbi Yehuda is going to Machir even a 40 or 50 amas sukkah, and in reality, what he's really saying is, Kashim, no matter how big it is. Ama Rabbi Yehuda. And this, now this price actually continues where, where, where our Mishnah leaves, uh, stops at the point of Rabbi Yehuda Machir. This price continues and gives us gives us more information. Gives us a Misa. I'm a Rabbi Yehuda. Misa Behilni Hamalka. We're going to talk about a nice little queen named Hilni Hamalka, Queen Hilni. And where does she reside? She resides in Beloit. And uh, the price continues. Shahaisa Sukasa Gavoya the Esrim Ama. She would sit in a sukkah that was over twenty amas. Vahayu Zakanim Nichnasin Veyitzim Lasham Veloyamrula Dabar. And the Chachamim would enter this 20, let's just say, 25 Amas Sukkah. They would enter it. The Chachamim would enter Hiyoni uh, Hamaka Sukkah, and they wouldn't say a word. Now, this is telling us, it sounds like, according to Rabbi Yehuda, this is a proof for Rabbi Yehuda uh, that, that, that uh, over 20 Amas Sukkah is kosher. Now, respond to the Chachamim. Amru Lai. Chachamim respond. Misham Raya. Is this really a raya? Isha haisa patura mina sukkah. We see that a woman's, we know a woman is potter from sukkah. So the fact, Rabbi Yehuda, that you're telling me that Hiraniyam Maka is sitting in a 25 amas sukkah and the Rabbana didn't say anything, what is that teaching me? We already know that a, a woman is potter from sukkah, so let her sit in a 100 amas sukkah. It doesn't matter to me. And the Chamin will still not say anything because, they're, because women are potter from sukkah. Ah, but Rabbi Yehuda responds and says as follows. Amru loy, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Amar lehen, Rabbi Yehuda says back to the Rabbanan, Vahaloi, Sheba Banim Havelo, Vooi Komase Lo Isha Aso El Alpi Chachamim. Rabbi Yehuda comes back with two distinct points. First, he tells us that Hyoni and Maka had seven sons, and furthermore, Hyoni and Maka never did anything uh, against what the Chachamim would say. The Gemara now responds. I believe it's the Gemara. It might actually be the continuation of, of our... Actually, yes, it is the Gemara that responds. It's going to stop the Misa. And the Gemara responds and asks a question on this Misa. And really, specifically on Rabbi Yehuda having to give two responses to the Chalmim as to why uh, it was relevant that Hyuni Maka was the one that was sitting in a over 20 Amasukkah. As the Gemara goes as follows. Lamali. 
the Misni, why is it that the Mishnah says, Why does Rebbe Yehud have to give a second point? We know already that there's seven children, that Hilimok had seven, seven boys that were sitting. So that should be enough. Why does Rebbe Yehud then have to say, and furthermore, guess what? Hilimok doesn't ever go against uh, what the Chachamim say. That's the question of the Gemara. And as follows, Gamar continues and says, as such it says as follows. And this is the reasoning of Rabbi Yehuda as to why he had to say both points about the fact that there were seven children, or seven sons specifically, and the fact that Hiyoni Maka never goes against the Chachamim. Ki temru bani katanim hali hayu v'katanim paturim minasoka If you'll tell me that the children, the seven children of Hiyoni Maka were katanim, they were, they were young children, and as follows, katanim paturim minasoka and young children are put there from Sukkah. Kavan, since the Shevahavu, since she had seven children. So, you know, the age of the children, maybe one, two, three, five, seven, eight, nine, ten, whatever it may be. But she had seven children. Mark continues to see, and the, the reason of Yudah continues and says, It's impossible that one of them wasn't. Uh, at the age where he no longer need, needs his mother. And we explain what that means. Basically, it means that he's of chinach age. He's at the age where he's actually... Uh, he, let's just keep it at the fact that he's of chinach age. The Gemara is going to explain as follows. The key tamer. And if you'll say continually, if you'll say uh, additionally here, and even furthermore, if you're going to go even further and tell me <clears throat> that a katan that doesn't need his mother, that he's hive only in Midorabanan, I'm sorry, that he, the Midorabanan who's mechaive, that really, what is it that they're, that she's, that they're hive in, the, that they're hive in Midorabanan? The ihi and Hione and Maka, Midorabanan lo mishkacha. And uh, you know what, Hyoni Maka, she, she, she follows Midaraisa perfectly. But according to this, uh, this Kitameru here, we're, we're saying, but you know what, maybe she doesn't uh, follow what the Rabbanans say. And therefore, the fact that the, uh, a child of Chinuch age, who might be Mechaev uh, in, in Rabbanan, well, you know what, Hyoni Maka doesn't really care about Rabbanan. Tashama, here we come and learn. The reason why Rabbi Yudah said both statements, that not only the fact that she has seven sons to, to serve as a proof uh, that, that, that the Rabbana didn't say anything, therefore uh, 20, 21 Hamasukkah is okay. Uh, furthermore, it did this V'oi, which tells us that she never, said any, that she never did anything against the Rabbana. Tashema, V'oi, kol maiselo isho, I'm sorry, kol maiselo aso el al-pi that the truth is that she would never go against what the Chachamim say, and therefore this Havamina that you might have thought, uh, according to the seven sons, and even if they are just Mechaev in the Rabbanon, uh, well, guess what? She stuck clear, and she would do exactly what the Rabbanon would say, and therefore, with these two points, Rabbi Yehuda has a very strong case that the fact that the Rabbanon didn't say anything when they walked into the uh, Tahini Amaka Sukkah, Shows us that, uh, that that there's a proof for Rabbi Yehuda the fact that something over twenty uh, the sukkah over twenty amas would still be kosher, uh, and 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 we're gonna stop there for this week. And uh, thank you very much for listening, and have a beautiful week. Bye bye.